0: hello hello welcome to x to the Zenial.
1: it is the end of march cat
0: how did that happen where is this year going uh, i think i ask that like every, every year and every I time mention
1: the dates yeah <laughs> it's
0: because i have no concept of time and space to be honest sure. i really don't ever know what day it is i have to look at a calendar <laughs> literally every day i'm like well if yesterday was the 25th What's that make today? And it's not like I don't know how to count. <laughs> I just don't keep track of these things. I have a
1: harder time with, like, hours and minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, my idea of time where I'm like, oh, that was just 20 minutes, or I'll be there in 20 minutes, and that turns out to be, like, an hour. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm always on time. It's you are. Not early. But um, Luna, my daughter, would make fun of me, and she'd be like, that's not how 20 minutes works, Mom. And I'm <laughs> like, not bad,
0: dude. Um, <laughs> You're not trying hard enough. I know, I mean, you
1: need to recognize the time and space bend. And so <laughs> there's that. That's so <laughs>
0: funny. Yeah. No, wow, this mu- this year is flying by.
1: It is. And and yet like, you know, we talked last time, um, before Cindy came, about how we are moving forward trepidatiously into the new normal. Yes. And trying to figure out like what that looks like, um, you know, traveling and going out into the world. I've done a ton of socializing in the past couple of weeks. Like I've gone out to several different patios. I went to O'Neill's. That's what it was. Oh. This Friday. Um, and it was awesome. Great. And it was so beautiful to just sit there and, you know, see my favorite waiter who's now the general manager and... Uh, have a drink and have some food. And have your patio time oh, because you
0: love your patio I love time.
1: my patio time.
0: Oh that's awesome. So that
1: was magical. Um, I've had brunch out. I've had um, you know just opportunities to I had yoga on a patio with Cindy. That was cool. That's so cool. Um, so yeah I mean it's it's starting to feel a little bit more normal. Good. Um, you know Obviously, the masks we're used to. Right. um, And the fact that I'm vaccinated definitely makes me feel a little bit stronger and safer to be out and just hearing you know clients say that they're they're being vaccinated and all of that starts to feel better
0: that's awesome yeah awesome absolutely so what are we talking about tonight
1: we're going to talk about sex baby sex baby (laughs) let's talk about you and me stop doing that i (laughs) love it (laughs) uh, copyright (laughs) infringement
0: perspectives of it because we all have our own sexual identity and our own sexual knowledge and our own sexual preferences and all of our sex 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 stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't sing it (laughs) fair um so a few weeks ago um i have joined tiktok i didn't join it a few weeks ago but a few weeks ago there was a video on tiktok from a woman i don't know where she lives um but she was talking about being, what did she say? Don't be rude to men who, be polite to men who hit on you, is what it was. And so she was like, just be polite to men who hit on you. And I, and so she got a lot of backlash because women were like, what the fuck? No, men are creepy. And you shouldn't have to be polite to someone, even if you're, one, not interested. And two, if they're fucking creeping you out. Right. And so part of the backlash was... Um, Women of all ages, uh, from, like, teenagers all the way to women in their 70s, we're talking about the fact that women, and especially in this country, are sexualized pretty young.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a the sex trade. There of is. children. Absolutely. There are signs. I just got back from traveling, and yeah. in the, every airport I was in, because, you know, I pee 500 times a day. Right. Um. So I had to, you know, mark my territory in every airport. <laughs>
1: Therefore, so weird way to look at a okay? I own these
0: bathrooms. And so on every single bathroom stall there was a sticker that said if you are being sex trafficked, if you are in sex slavery, call this number or go talk to this person. Yeah. If you're being forced into a sexualized situation. I don't know exactly the rhetoric that yeah. was used. But that was the that was the comment and it was on every it was in every it was in I went to one, two, three, three airports. Wow. And it was in every single stall in all the women's bathrooms.
1: It's really something to consider that, um, yeah, I mean, even young girls, and, and gender aside, are not all, but often sexualized.
0: Like pageants for children?
1: Yes, but also just, um, you know, how many times when you were a little kid did, it, like, an aunt or an uncle or whatever ask you if you had a boyfriend?
0: Yeah, I still get asked that question.
1: <laughs> Fair. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about our education and evolution into sexuality happens unintentionally most of the time.
0: Well, yeah, it comes from environmental things. Like, right. my sex education, so I grew up for a little bit, for like a speck of time, yeah. on a farm. Yeah. Okay, we roll up one day.
1: And you talk about in one of our other sex talks how you saw animals yeah. populating Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what,
0: "What is that? going on? That dog is beating up." Well, the baby goats. Mom, where? What are they? Where are the babies come from? She's like, right. "Oh, okay." And then I go spread the word, but then you know. I remember, too, being in Las Vegas, New Mexico with my cousins. Yeah. And two dogs were stuck together because they were getting the their freaky on, and then they got stuck. And so these two dogs are walking down the street stuck together, oh, and yes. I was like, what's going on? Because I'd heard the word sex but sure. never seen the action of sex. Right. And then that's when I was like, that's what a vagina is for. And I was young. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, even in your environment.
1: Well, and I think, too, like, you know – and we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I think um, from a parent perspective, there's two messages that happen often. And one is like, this is your body and nobody gets to touch it. Um, but then also, like, if anybody touches it, that's bad. Right. And so then there's, there's a shame and guilt layer added to body touching.
0: Right, for safety reasons.
1: Yes, but then also, I mean, you know, we talked about in the other podcast, being raised Catholic, my sex education was don't do it. Yeah. And and if you do, then you're a whore.
0: <laughs> See, that wasn't mine. Mine was if you have sex, you'll get AIDS and die.
1: Right, and so there's fear. Yeah. There's fear, there's shame, shame there's guilt. Right. Um, but then there's also like, you know, you need to look pretty, and you need to do your face and you need to, you know, wear certain things or the girls in middle school or high school get more attention if they are exposing flesh or, or they're
0: just more developed because of puberty and earlier onset puberty.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting thing. I mean, we can only speak from our perspective as females. Um, so born female and, and, present female. Right. Um, pronouns, she, hers, and all those things. Um but I think it's it's an interesting consideration that oftentimes as females we are given mixed messages.
0: There are a lot of mixed messages. For sure. And I think with social media cuz I pick on it all the time, haven't done that in a while. <laughs> um it's definitely we see it. We see it all the time now. You just saw it on TikTok. Right. I just went through Instagram and deleted a whole bunch of memes that I follow because it was just like, man hate, man hate, man hate. And I was like, I just can't hate on people. <laughs> like, let's stop just bashing on the other gender. Right. Like, but it was, yeah.
1: Well, that's another thing that had kind of come up that ties into this is I have uh, recently... And I, and I have these phases, but I had a lot of empathy. So I saw these two men in a city truck um, just driving down 4th Street, and they were older. Um, they must have been mid-50s, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I just had this incredible amount of empathy for them uh, because I don't, I don't know how they are fitting into this world now right. where women are becoming empowered, are becoming, and continue to be, um, very independent and, you know, you and I talk a lot about how we feel very empowered to make our own money and make our own decisions. Buy our own
0: homes and right, provide for ourselves.
1: Absolutely. And so on the one hand, we're talking about the fact that, um, sexualization of females is happening and continues to happen. Um, primarily by the patriarchy and by men, Mm -hmm. but also then there's the shame and guilt that comes from women Mm -hmm. or men about being sexual or, or having sexual desire or dressing sexually provocatively. Right. uh, Well, yeah, we have,
0: we have all the terms, slut, whore, all, yeah, I could keep going, but we all know all the, all the terminology that are used to, to slander, belittle and keep down, right. those words have lost their power.
1: Well, to a degree, right? So, to a degree. And, and you know, like, like the word pussy as a, a derogative term, mm-hmm. like you're being a pussy or whatever. Have like, you
0: ever, like, even blown on a man's testicles? They're like, <laughs> ah! Ah! And you're like, it was air. <laughs> you're blowing up the fucking Sorry. Bones. Sorry, y'all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and, it, and so we as women in our generations have these conversations but I think the larger conversation is really kind of looking at how we are educating human beings uh of whatever gender
0: right
1: um, to look at sex and sexuality both in a um in a positive way but also not to sexualize people all the time. Right. And, and it's a confusing thing, right? Well, and it's a challenging
0: thing. I, I'm not a parent, so I, I've never had to have that conversation, but I will have that parent or have that parental kind of conversation with my younger sister, and I've already been informed when that time comes, I'm mm-hmm. responsible for this conversation. You've
1: been designated as the, the sex talk cover?
0: I, I have been, and the reason being is because I'll come from it from an informational way, an open mm-hmm. way, all of the things, because my parents are very strict Catholics. Yeah. And they're going to come at it from the abstinence model.
1: Sure. Therefore, yeah, but they're aware of it enough to say...
0: We need your support. Yeah. We need your help. We need to make sure that she knows all the things, because mm-hmm. we didn't really teach you those things but now we know you know them.
1: <laughs> That's a great acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, That's growth. It 100%. And I think it's
0: responsible. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly responsible because if, you know, that modality is abstinence, people get horny, whatever age they're... Right. And sex is going to happen. Yep. It's a natural, it's a natural thing.
1: Well, and with the exposure of social media, like you were saying, there's so much ubiquity in sex perspective. Yeah. Um... And, and I'm, on the one hand, super grateful that there's so much variety and um, uh, abundance of information, but there's also a lot of misinformation. Right. And there's still a lot of judgment. My God, like TikTok is rot with negative comments. I am an observer on TikTok. I do not produce any content. Um, I think about it sometimes. And then I'm like, well, one, I have a podcast. And two, <laughs> I have like hundreds of clients that I've talked to and and been able to, like that's content in and of itself. Right. Um, So I don't need to make another platform to do that. Um, That being said, I do recognize that there's so much judgment. Mm -hmm. And so that also affects the education of young people.
0: Right. Well, and also, too, we have to look—I'm going to go back to religion again and how that's even shown in the schools, you know, in the schools and how they do sex. Sex ed is not about sex. Sex ed is about this is your period, this is a penis, men and women do this penis and vagina, and that's how a baby happens, and use a condom, and there's birth control— but it's solely
1: about procreation, it's not about pleasure, and we talked about that before. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So there's nothing, no body positivity about that, it's just the mechanics. Right. And so it, it doesn't talk about the emotional components of sex. It doesn't mm-hmm. talk about anything other than this is, this is how you do it, and this is how you do it safely, the end. Right. And then the PE teacher runs out of the room.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I don't want for us to have a conversation um, about how how to do that positively I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it I and I, I think I shared this before like I I never went through a phase where I wasn't aware of my attraction mm-hmm. to uh, males you know the opposite gender right um and if anything I would top have lesbian tits are great but <laughs> um you know I think it's it's very much a challenge for parents but also for women specifically and I can imagine even now for men because um, there was another thing on TikTok where there was a, a, a gay man and he was talking about how there's this adage of uh, straight men are like I don't care if you're gay just don't hit on me and, and his awareness was I just realized that they say that because how predatory they are against women so the Ooh. thought of men just don't hit on me is that the the concept is that men are sexually aggressive either whether they're attracted to women or men they don't want someone to come at them the way they come at us
0: I have no words that was pretty profound
1: right it is it's pretty mind-blowing to think about that concept yeah. um you know to think about how for so long um, Men have had no, and not all, I'm not saying all, but there are some and, and most in my experience have no objection to shooting their shot every time, right? They'll right. they'll come at you, they'll hit on you, they'll buy you a drink, they'll talk to you. Um, and they have a level of comfort in doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're wearing a wedding ring, whether you're with someone, whether, you know, it, it's a little bit intimidating to think about being a woman on her own when bars are open, you know, when we can just be out. And yet you and I have talked about the fact that wouldn't, and me specifically, wouldn't it be nice if a man would talk to me or hit on me? or Right? Whatever? Like,
0: Where are these men?
1: No, it's just kidding. Mixed, I don't want that. It's a mixed it's message. It mix- is. And it's a mixed concept. So how, how, how do we do it, Kat? What are, what are, not that we're trying to solve a problem, we're just trying to have a talk.
0: Right. How do we solve which part? Well. I think it starts in in young age. Sure. Okay. And I feel that the basis of this really stems from respect of other people. Respect okay. of other people and their boundaries. Respect of other people and their personal space. And respect of other people. Absolutely. Right? Because we say no means no. Mm-hmm. But if you've been raped. Sure. You said no. Yep. Probably more than once. Yep. And you were still raped. Yep. Okay.
1: Or in a... In a uh, an acquaintance rape or a date rape situation. Right. Maybe saying no, you may have said it passively. Or may, maybe you just complied because, God, I didn't know what was going to happen next.
0: Exactly. Or maybe I
1: didn't, I just wanted it to be over.
0: Right. And so, we've talked about yeah. that. So I think that foundationally it comes down to teaching children. Yep. You have to start very young with personal space, personal boundaries, and respect for other people. Yes. And what they say is what they mean. Yep. And that's in teaching children, what you say is what you mean. So sure. let's learn to express yourself. Let's learn to communicate. Let's learn to...
1: Well, let's even learn to ask. Exactly. Is it okay if I touch your arm? Is it okay if I give you a hug? Right. Right? Especially with little kids. Yep. And we've talked about this before. Like in, in our culture, um, you know, you go and hug your uncle and you go and kiss your grandma and go and say goodbye. And, and so we're encouraging kids... To do things that they may not be comfortable with.
0: We're encouraging affection.
1: Right. Well, we're encouraging touching. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I I finally figured out a long a while ago um, to ask is that if you do you want to do you want to do that?
0: Right. Do you want to hug this out? Right. Can I touch you? Is yes. that okay?
1: Yeah.
0: And but you respect the response. Absolutely. No, I don't feel comfortable with that. Cool? Totally
1: fine.
0: Totally cool with that. That Let's knuckles out, whatever, you know. But I think it starts in early, early childhood of really teaching these principles of all of that I stated of respect. Mm hmm. Respect of other people, respect of their property, all the things, and Your then it can con-
1: consent, all of those things.
0: Absolutely, and teaching them the term consent yes. and what that actually does mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that starts in that littler, younger phase to establish that foundation. You know, where these kindergarten, first, second, and third graders know, I can't just run up to my friends and lick them.
1: Right. <laughs> I can't
0: just run up to my friend and hug them. I can't just. Grab somebody's hand. I can't come and kiss somebody. Like my yeah. first unofficial, not real kiss was in kindergarten from a little boy and we were playing, and he like leaned over and kissed me, and I was like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> don't, don't get that." But right. yeah.
1: well, it's interesting because I think of little kids. I worked in early childhood for a long time um, when my daughter was young, um, and a lot of times it it when the kid tells the teacher, it's because of violence. So and so hit me. So and so licked me or somehow they violated my space. Right. Um, but rarely and, and occasionally a kid would be like, so-and-so hugged me and I didn't like it. Right. Right. But I think it's, it's important to talk to them about, like you said, respect of personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to ask somebody if it's okay to touch their body. Right. Um, you know, or even like if you have something on your face, I'm going to say that. I'm not going to lick my thumb and, you know, mom you. Mom. Oh.
0: <laughs> you just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Gross. But
1: so people do that, right? I know. It's
0: been done to me. It's I disgusting.
1: <laughs> right? I don't want your spit on my face. Oh. Um, so there's that piece. Right? Absolutely. Definitely teaching that. And, and we do talk a lot to little kids about, you know, this is your, your private area. Right. Um, and, and using clinical appropriate terms, I think, is important. Absolutely. Um, because that's just who I am, but, you know, whatever it is, you know, we don't let other people touch your body there. Right. Um. But at a certain point, that's got to shift.
0: Well, that's going to shift because hormones are going to come into play. Sure. So if we set the foundational stage of let's teach these foundational respect skills of other people's boundaries and communication and asking yeah. and all this, when they're younger, then when, the, you know, pre those hormones really setting in then start having the communication of this is your vagina, this is your penis, you can use it for procreation, you can use it for having pleasurable (laughs) sex.
1: sex. Procreation? I did. I thought you said recreation, and I was like, I mean, yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) pleasure, (laughs) recreation, you know, all the
1: good things. (laughs) Well, and I think, yeah, I was thinking like masturbatory masturbatory behavior Mm
0: -hmm.
1: starts in the womb. Like pleasure feels good, like things feel good. Right. Right? And so, there also has to be a conversation about time and place. Right. And not shaming that that behavior.
0: It's okay to explore your body. Your own body. It's your own body, though. Sure. Like, this is your body, and it's for you to examine. I mean, there are women that have... Child, and the first time they ever really look at their cooch is when they are having that child. Right. I, and they've never kicked up the leg and been like, "What is going on down there?" Sure. And the first time, the first exposure to their own vagina—that is their being—you know—for however long until yeah. they have that baby—is they don't even know.
1: Right. I mean, you know, I, I talked about how the fact that I didn't masturbate until I was like 22, I think, and. I never just, it never occurred to me, and I just never did it. I had sex, I had a baby, and I never did it. Um,
0: I was, like, in middle school.
1: Yeah?
0: I was in middle school when I started masturbating. Okay. Because my parents, my mom was not super Catholic back then, and I already knew about sex and the dogs and the goats and all the things, and then... Um, yeah, I was in, uh, middle school, I was doing jumping jacks in gym class, and Mm -hmm. I had an orgasm, and that was my first orgasm, I was like, that was great, how do I do that again? (laughs)
1: Right.
0: Henceforth, my bath time got longer. Sure. My bedtime got earlier. I gotta get out of here! (laughs) I gotta go! I I wanna do all the things! I gotta go touch myself! (laughs) And so, yeah, it was in middle school that I started masturbating, and really understanding my vagina... Understanding when something's wrong with it so I could sure. seek out medical attention. Right. You know. Something feels weird or. Right. Strange when PG it came.
1: Or, your discharge is different or whatever. So then I could have
0: very good conversations with physicians yep, with yeah, regard to um, something is going on with my vagina. I have discharge coming out and I think my first conversation of that I was running track because I got yeah. my first yeast infection when I was running track because yeah. the short shorts and sweat and all the things. And had a very grown-up conversation with a medical provider. of This is what's going on. These are my symptoms. Yeah. Okay, let's see your vagina. Is that okay? Yeah, fix it. Right. I'm very comfortable with you fixing it and seeing it and all the things. You're a medical provider. Right. But again, I think that was how I was raised, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, of course I was, you know, I had the, if somebody touches your privates, you have to tell us and, you sure. know. But I was never told, don't touch your privates. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. And so that that's really important. I think if we look at this in a scaffolding, start with the younger and then you know prepubescent and then puberty, and we can apply these things and and that would be hard in a school setting, right you know, and but it also doesn't come from home. So if it's not coming from a school setting and it's not coming that information about pleasure and, all of that is isn't coming from where do the where do people learn it? Well, right. then they go to porn, right? And or then we they're had going the whole to
1: the internet. They're going to TikTok. They're going exactly. to Instagram,
0: yeah. And then you know, young men. I, I remember reading something one time that was like their example of how to have sex is through pornography. So it's graphic, right. and women aren't learning about pleasure and through pornography. The women are
1: even seen as like human beings experiencing pleasure. Right. They are seen seen as receptacles uh, for sex actions. Mm-hmm. Um, To your point, you know, I think because I've had parents ask, like, how do I talk about these things? What I've always said is your child should initiate a lot of those conversations and only answer the question. Right. Like, don't go on a monologue about all the things (laughs) when, you know, your five-year-old is like, hey, yours is different than mine. Yes, it is. You know. And then if there's a follow-up question. Why? Sure.
0: (laughs) There's going to be a why.
1: (laughs) There's always going to be a why. Have you ever had a seven-year-old around? Um, (laughs) But really kind of taking it at the pace of the child.
0: The development.
1: Absolutely. And so not inundating them with a lot of information. Because here's the other thing. At different ages, they're going to ask different questions. And you may have to repeat yourself. Um, based on the perspective of what the question is and where it's coming from.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: because your, your seven year old is going to have one question. Your 11 year old is going to have a different question and your 17 year old, if they're still talking to you at that point is also going to have other questions. Right. So, um, all along the way, it should be partially information based and then always positive. Right. Right. And just saying like totally normal, just normalizing, Um, body having Mm -hmm. boundaries Mm -hmm. and, um, and pleasure and, and acceptance of what's going on in the situation. That being said, if something negative is happening, sexual abuse or grooming or whatever, all again, just listening to your child is a good place to start. Um, and so that, that's the complexity of something that uh, you and I talk about as adults is generally positive um but there's there's so much nuance to how it is expressed and what it, how it's talked about
0: absolutely and there's different things well i was raised this way so i raise my children this way mm-hmm. you know or i, or I want
1: to raise them differently than or other i want to
0: raise them a hundred percent the opposite right you know or and these things come from the, the parent and their beliefs and their values. So even sure. parental trainings, you know, held by schools or communities or community health outreach programs. Absolutely. You know, of how do I talk to my child about sex? Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. That would be informational. That would relieve a lot of pressure from parents and a lot of stress. I think that can be a, a really stressful conversation Absolutely. for a parent because they're like, you're young. I don't know what to do about this.
1: Right. And it's also a lifelong journey, like, you know, even just in our own development of moving from, you know, in my household, a very strict, um, Catholic, we don't have sex and we don't talk about it, um, to, you know, where I am now, it's like, I talk about it all the time. And, you know, sometimes people tell me to stop talking about it. (laughs) I talk about it. I think about
0: it. I do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's a very... It, it, on on the one hand, we live in an awesome time where female positivity is awesome and it's happening. and right. women feel empowered to do all of these things and and be sex workers and have, you know, multiple sex partners if that's what they want to do and right. and feel confident and comfortable in doing that. And yet, they're still undoing of the shame that comes from. How we were raised and society's view of sexually promiscuous people.
0: Well, OnlyFans wouldn't be doing so well if people weren't into <laughs> sex. That's all I have to say.
1: Fair enough, and Pornhub would not, you know, also... still be around. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, the industry is interesting because there is so much emotional tie to if you're having sex, if you're not having sex, who you're having sex with, like these are some conversations that are happening. And, and I, they'll probably always happen. Um, but it is one of those things that I, you know, I, I do think about how we are raising children. And certainly after, you know, the significant me too movement, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, feminism and how that's affecting young men and how, you know, men who are raised by women uh, to all varying degrees of success, how they are then viewing women and, and how even like porn is influencing or relationships. Even in,
0: or even internalizing a yes. lot of things and then having the, uh, the, what is the celibate one? They select to be celibate. The, the man cells? End cells, yeah. And then projecting all of that inner repression and angst and anger and frustration of, you know, I don't know how to get a girl so I can fuck her, so I'm just going to go celibate and then I'm going to go beat women. Like, right. what the fuck is that about?
1: Sure.
0: Maybe look inwardly of what you're doing and how you're projecting and what your views are and a woman isn't just for you to fuck. Fuck. Yeah. And get off into maybe like learn some relationship skills. You know, maybe listen to my our podcast. <laughs> relationship skills.
1: Um, well, but I, I mean, it's it's it, it is interesting, right? Because obviously, we're not talking about all men. Mm-hmm. We have had very um, great relationships with yep. respectful, awesome men who view us as human beings and, and whole entities. Um, but it is it is a, a complex. You know, we talk about marketing and how sexualizing a female predominantly, though I sexualize men all the time, um, it sells products. It does. And so, you know, if we're looking at tits and ass, it, and how somehow that relates to uh, Carl's Jr. had a lot of marketing that was based on sexuality. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes it's in your face and it's all the time right and so the idea of you know back to the tiktok video of being polite to men who hit on you um if i don't want to be hit on then no i'm not going to be polite i'm kind of an asshole anyway admittedly
0: but i'm a really polite person
1: you are so here's my
0: perspective though so a man comes to the bar and comes and says hi my name's blah 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 can i buy you a drink sure Right? I am a polite person. I'll say, no, thank you. I'm just here with my friends, you yeah. know, engaging with my friends, having a good time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Right. That's where it should end. I, I but if it. it does not, uh-huh. then you have to get aggressive right. and be like, well, it's just a drink. Sure. But I said, no, thank right. you. Have a good night. Body language turn, all the things, right? Right. And then I am called a bitch,
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: storm away.
1: Sure,
0: that's awful.
1: Yep,
0: it's happened. Of course, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not a bitch. I told you I was an interesting, and I was uh, interested. I'm super nice and polite about it. Right. Even the guy's super fine. My intention for the evening is to like hang out with my friends and do my thing. I'm not out like looking for the D that night. Right. You know, if I was, I'd be like, yes, you may. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, please, and sit down. Hello. Sure. But if that's not my intention for being out in society and out in doing, that rejection should not be foddered with, well, you're a bitch. Right. At all. And yeah. again, that's why I think that this comes down to the foundational of we don't teach respect of one another and their boundaries and listening to what they're actually saying. Sure. So. I
1: mean, it, it is It is something to um, to continue to look at um, because I do, I have empathy for men. The the ground has shifted beneath them, and and some of them are like fine. They're they're able to work with it and, and maneuver in this new world where we don't need them in the ways that we once did. Let's right. say you know sixty years ago.
0: Right.
1: And that being said, we still want them. Like we still very much want.
0: Men around. We do. Yeah,
1: I love men. Men are great. Men are
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when they're calling you a bitch, because you're like, no, thank you, sir.
1: Right. Or I'm not. I'm not into that. But thank you. But
0: at the same time, that's not a six-year-old man that did that. That was, you know, a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old man right. who has been raised in post-feminism and has been raised in this society in which he's seen women growing and, you know, women's. Right. But and I
1: think there's resentment. I think they have resentment about those things. So they don't know how to approach it. I don't know. I, I am only speaking from my experience. Um, you know, I still get the unsolicited dick pic. And my response now has been like, how would you like me to respond to that?
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: Because it's like, okay, okay well, wh- what, is, what is the appropriate response to an unsolicited penis picture. It just depends. Because then that that shuts them down, and they get like, "Well, well I, I don't. I don't know. I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, I'm not. No, thank you. I don't. I don't want
0: that." I don't want to share that with you because I don't really know you. Well, I met really you two th- minutes ago on Tinder.
1: Legit, right? And I just, yeah, I'm not. No, thank you.
0: And so, do you think? And part of this has to do with like. This disrespect of we're just viewed now as a hookup culture. So maybe the tide has sh- shifted to just being like, well, women don't need us. They don't need our resources. They don't want to be with us. Right. So now we're in this hookup culture where it's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, onto the next. And we're doing it as men and we're doing it as women. The women are doing it too. Sure. So I can just act this way because I'll find someone who's within the same culture as well, me. Well, and that's,
1: that's that shoot your shot, like concept of, I'm just going to put this all out there and there might be one uh, person that's like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Um, and, and admittedly, like I've definitely been that, you know, I like there's some people that I'm like, sure, let's hook up. And then some people I'm like, no, I, I maybe want more with you. Right. Or I want to be seen as more. It's difficult because on the one hand, you know, depending on my mood, I may be down for a hookup and on, you know, on on another level, I might want something else. Yep. I have firmly decided that like a full on relationship, see you every day, that kind of thing is not something I'm into right now. Yeah. Because I have a full life. I have a busy life where I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm doing the podcast, I'm working, I'm, you know... Traveling and and learning a new skill and all of those things. So I'm not super motivated to, like, devote all of my time to one human. Right.
0: Well, with my partner, my current partner, we've had conversations about living together or what that would look like or how far out that would be. And one of those conversations, you know, that happened eight months ago uh, was... Well, you know, I really, we're not going to raise children together, so I don't really need your resources. Yeah. Like, we don't need to combine our resources. Like, you're fine on your own, and I'm fine on my own, because we have our resources all established. Mm-hmm. And that was super well received. It was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Why would we cohabitate when I can have my man pad, and do all my man stuff there, and you have your lady pad, and you do all your lady stuff there, and we rest, and we have time apart, and yeah. space, and then come together, and... But I think when that came out of my mouth, I felt real smart, but I also felt like that logically to me makes sense yeah. for the lifestyle that I'm living. Yep. So, <sighs>
1: big topic,
0: <laughs> big sigh. There's so much. Oh my gosh.
1: It is. And and it's obviously, like I said, we're not trying to solve anything, but we definitely want to stimulate conversation. Um, with you and your friends and and the people that you talk to and value their opinion um, because there is a lot here um, and it's difficult to um, find a path. I do like your idea and and the concept of uh, boundaries and consent and respect being the foundations of where we teach little humans about their bodies and how to approach other people's bodies.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and then also to recognize that that shouldn't come with shame or guilt or uh, negative perception, but should come with positivity about just feeling good about yourself so that your worth and value is not tied up in someone else finding you attractive. That Our, was
0: my worth and value for I don't know till I was 22 till I met my my ex husband. Yep. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. I'm not enough. Like right. that was always it, and it was always of just who my human meat suit was because that was the message that I was provided for raised how like in my community. Sure. You know I was just a different kid. I was a chunky kid, and you yeah. know nobody wants to date the chunky girl and all the things, you know, didn't have a boyfriend, you know, because I was asked that question. Oh, you don't have... But you have such a pretty face.
1: <laughs> oh, good.
0: Oh, yay. Um, so... Because
1: that goes really well at the 8th grade dance when, like, nobody wants to dance with you.
0: Right, or asked you to the dance and you went with your girlfriends.
1: Right. And and now, I mean, I, I think there's a shift. The, obviously, things have not changed overnight. No. Um, but as adults... Mature relatively women um, you know, I think because we are educated because we have resources because We have value and worth outside of that. It is not the most important thing. However um, certainly being single at this age I Recognize that my worth and value is significantly more than who finds me attractive or what they find me attractive for uh, But I still like to be found attractive. Yes, right and so I mean I get ready in the morning for me right I put makeup on my face cuz I like it right um and you know on the weekends I don't because I'm doing stuff and I'm probably gonna sweat it off Um, but you know I get dressed for me right I um, you know if we're going dancing when the world is open then I'm gonna dress the way I want to, and most of that's gonna be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, the idea of shoving my feet into heels ever again seems like a very foreign concept.
0: Yeah, I was going through my high heel stash. Side note, I was going through my side, my high heel stash because yeah. I'd broken my ankle foot area so yeah. bad that I couldn't wear high heels for the longest time. I still sure. can't. I was going through. I was like flats, 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 because I needed to find some heels yeah. for a formal situation. I don't really have any. And then I was like, am I a traitor to, like, the female clan? And I was like, no, these flat shoes are really cute. I just wish I had a little bit of a lift.
1: But isn't that funny, though? Because then I do think about that in in being um, the kind of woman that I am is, like, I dress in whatever I feel comfortable in. If right. it's flattering to me, cool. Um, and I, I love my body and the curves and the shapes and all the things. Um, but, yeah, the idea of shoving my feet into fucking heels is obnoxious. Like, I don't want to do it. I have them. I have several pairs. I used to love shoes and heels and stuff. But I would much prefer functionality at this point.
0: Right. Absolutely. The
1: other thing is since I started, like, weapons training and all the things, I think about the idea of getting away. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's not fear, but it's preparedness. Right. And so I... There's a pair of of runners in my truck um, in case I need to get away.
0: And that's from your preparation and your weapons training? Yep. Okay.
1: Like, when I go for a walk, and I walk daily, I take a weapon. Your bashing stick? My bashing stick. Yeah,
0: I love that thing. (laughs) A beat down. (laughs) The Um, beat down.
1: But, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Right. Because if we think about, there's another (laughs) trend on TikTok of, like, women running in heels. First of all, fuck that bullshit. Oh, but also, my heel. yes, there are some women who are very adept at running in heels.
0: They can just walk so well in them.
1: Well, but like to get And away? run in them. Yeah, fuck that I noise. can't. That's how my
0: ankle and foot got broken was in a pair of high heels. I was wearing the she-she shoes to go dancing. Yeah. Never again.
1: Right? Well, not only that, but dancing isn't comfortable in heels. No, It's not. It's not. But they look so pretty. They do look pretty. And my heels are for sitting down and laying down behavior. (laughs) 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 Anyway, we were kind of all over the place today. but Because it's
0: such a multifaceted topic. Absolutely. You know, looking at from developmental to culture to education to tradition to... Mm -hmm. You know, tradition being, this is how my mom, my mom said, this is how I will ch- then teach my child, this is how I was taught. So sure. this is how I will, You know, so there's so many dimensions to this topic in sex education and how we do that and how we do that without shame, without guilt. When do we start doing that? How do we answer these questions? It's just a big topic because then we have the bigger society yep. component and the accesses and then the media and the things that we're seeing on the Tiki Talk and the things that we're seeing on Instagram and the things we're seeing on the Pornhub and the OnlyFans and just even as you're flipping through a magazine if people are still reading magazines. Right. You know, the ads of, you know, the Carl's Jr. bikini, cleaning the car, eating the burger. Right. Um, because it's everywhere.
1: Well, and it's, it's a very much a human thing. Yeah. Um, And and in, I can imagine in more indigenous, isolated cultures, um, the sexualizing of bodies doesn't happen to the same degree. And we could add a whole nother topic about kind of marriage and monogamy and coupling and relationship, but we're not going to do that today. Um, but I think that's, you know, we scratched the surface on something and, and I think um, as long as the, con- the conversations continue to happen, um, it's going to be helpful for people to have a more sexually positive, sexually aware experience so that it's not so guilt and shame laden, but also the emphasis will shift from valuing humans only for their genitals. Right. To valuing a whole human and being accepting of what that looks like yes anyway that's our time
0: what <laughs> our sex dialogues go so fast They really do
1: thank you so much for listening again if you want to get a hold of us you would like to be on the podcast we do have a guest next time um x to the zennial the letter x to the number two t-h-e-x-e-n-n-i-a-l at gmail.com x to the zennial underscore podcast on instagram or Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC on Facebook.
0: Thank you.